0: Welcome to As Luck Would Have It. My name is Abby, and I'm the admin and comms worker here at Like Hat Uniting. We are a church based on Gadigal and Mongol land here in Sydney, Australia. You'll find us at Like Hat Uniting Church LUC on Facebook. Sermons are on YouTube under the same name and you can find more information about our church and our team at likehatuniting.org.au. In this episode of As Luck Would Have It, Nathan Tyson is preaching on Matthew 25, 31 to 46, in a sermon originally preached for the Day of Mourning, 2023. This week we mark NAIDOC Week, an opportunity to learn, appreciate and celebrate First Nations people, knowledge and culture. As a faith community, we humbly accept the invitation of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. We support a yes vote in the upcoming voice referendum and advocate for treaty and truth-telling. I will be providing the reading ahead of Nathan's sermon. This is the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46, from the New Revised Standard Version. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. He will say to those at his left hand, you who are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Thus ends the reading. Please enjoy the following sermon.
1: I acknowledge and pay my sincere respects to the Gadigal people, to elders past and present, and to members of the Gadigal community. I also pay my respects to any of my Aboriginal brothers and sisters who may be here today. I thank Leichhardt Uniting Church for their kind invitation to speak to you today. The reading today warns us to care for how we treat the least in our society. It is a not-so-subtle warning that if we fail to treat the least in our society as we would treat Jesus himself, we will find ourselves unwelcome in the kingdom of God. It is Jesus's way of telling us not to be surprised when we're held accountable for what we do or fail to do to the least in our community. On this day of mourning, we remember all those Aboriginal and Islander the people who have gone before us. Those who have been subjected to the oppressive and discriminatory practices of colonization. Those who have suffered and grieved as a result of the callous disregard for the humanity of Aboriginal people and also those people like William Cooper, Pastor Don Brady and Reverend Charles Harris, who fought tirelessly for justice for Aboriginal people and communities. I recognize and pay respect to those Aboriginal people who continue to fight for justice for First Peoples in this country. It is a difficult, tiring, frustrating and often heartbreaking task. It is often a fight that feels lonely and fruitless as the challenges and opposition sometimes seem insurmountable. But we see glimpses of hope, as William Cooper and his colleagues must have seen following the Day of Mourning protest in 1938, following which the churches implemented the Day of Mourning service. We saw glimpses of hope in 1967, when a referendum saw a constitutional amendment to allow Aboriginal people to be counted as part of the Australian population. We had glimpses of hope in 1991 when the findings of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody were released. We saw glimpses of hope again in 2008 when the Honourable Kevin Rudd offered an apology to the Stolen Generations on behalf of the Australian Government. Sadly, the latest Closing the Gap report shows the significant socio-economic disparity that continues to negatively impact Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and communities. Injustice continues, preventable deaths in custody continue, violence against Aboriginal women and children continues along with police services and legal systems that fail to provide adequate support and protections for victims of domestic abuse. Our young people are committing suicide at staggering and unacceptable rates. In 2022 an innocent 15 year old boy, Aboriginal young man, was attacked with a steel bar on his way home from school and died as a result of his injuries. Australia's political, legal, health and education systems continue to fail to meet the needs and aspirations of Aboriginal peoples and communities. Aboriginal children continue to be removed from their families at higher rates than prior to Kevin Rudd's apology to the stolen generations. Aboriginal people remain a dispossessed people despite never having ceded our sovereignty, we are still fighting for treaty and the recognition that was denied to us through the unlawful application of the doctrine of terra Great story, by the way, before. Racism in Australia is alive and well, albeit these days more prevalent on social media. There seems to be no effective way to stop people vilifying and denigrating Aboriginal people on Facebook and other social media sites. I personally don't understand what community Facebook bases its community standards on, but clearly it's a community without any Aboriginal people in it. In 2023, we see glimpses of hope once again. We see a call for a voice, treaty and truth. We see an opportunity for justice, reparations and healing. The statement from the heart, in my view, represents an opportunity for the Australian nation to take genuine and effective steps to address the injustices of the past. It is an opportunity to create a pathway for the healing of the grief and trauma that continues to haunt Aboriginal peoples as a legacy of colonial occupation. A voice to parliament is a logical mechanism to enable parliament and the government of the day to receive advice and guidance from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. The voice is non-binding. It will not be able to force Parliament to do anything. It is not a third chamber of Parliament. It will also not affect the unceded sovereignty of Aboriginal nations. In fact, I think it will provide a mechanism for Aboriginal nations to continue to advise the government that our sovereignty has not been ceded. A voice to Parliament will be enacted through legislation. A process that will allow parties and politicians to be aware of what is proposed, to debate the content of the proposed bill, to seek amendments and to eventually pass the bill into law through both Houses of Parliament. Certain politicians who claim to not have enough detail will actually be the ones who get to determine the detail through the standard parliamentary process that applies to all legislation. Similarly, if for some reason the voice mechanism needs tweaking because unforeseen issues arise It can be updated through amendments to legislation, again, via the usual parliamentary process. In my view, the voice is the easy element of the statement from the heart. I've previously described it as the pre-game entertainment because in my opinion, the main event is treaty. A treaty is basically an agreement between two parties. It is usually thought of as an agreement between nations. We've often heard of peace treaties that are agreements made to facilitate an end to conflict between warring parties. Governments all around the world have made treaties with First Nations peoples. For example, the United States, Canada and New Zealand. Many of you would have heard of the Treaty of Waitangi. In fact, Australia remains the only Commonwealth country that has not formed a treaty with its First Peoples. Australia is also the only populated country that was colonised by the British via the unlawful application of the doctrine of terra nullius. I believe these two issues are connected. It was perhaps a bit embarrassing in times past for the government to form a treaty with people they claimed it didn't exist. However, the Mabo High Court decision in 1992 declared that the application of terra nullius to the Australian continent was a legal fiction. I think enough time has passed for this nation to move past any embarrassment and get on with writing past wrongs. The statement from the heart calls for voice, treaty and truth. Prime Minister Albanese has publicly committed to fully implementing these three elements. This means that regardless of the outcome of the voice referendum, we will then move to a process of, process of treaty implementation. Or perhaps treaties, as there are many Aboriginal nations within the Australian continent, much like there are many nations within the European continent. If we think the dog whistling and scaremongering by certain politicians around the voice has been a bit ridiculous, wait until the process of treaty negotiation is actioned by the Albanese government. There will be all sorts of political shenanigans and scare campaigns. There will also be, sadly, a huge amount of racist anti-treaty commentary on social media. This will be really tough for many Aboriginal uh, and Islander people to, to go through. But I'm here to assure you that treaties are simply agreements. They are not scary things. Most countries have treaties with their First Peoples. A treaty can address substantive issues and past injustices such as dispossession, attempted genocide, and systemic discrimination and oppression. It can address these injustices through recognition, apology, reparations, land rights and a range of practical outcomes that can provide restorative justice. A treaty cannot change the past but it can acknowledge injustices, provide just reparations and provide an opportunity for healing and closure. If we think about the reading today and if we understand how Aboriginal peoples have been dealt with throughout colonisation, including current reality in the the disparity in socioeconomic status between First Peoples and other Australians, it is easy to see Aboriginal peoples as the least. Jesus gives us a clear message about how we should treat the least. It is for each of us to decide how we act, how we must treat the least, and how we will find ourselves on our day of judgment. It is up to each of us to find ways to ensure we care for the least in our society. I will leave you to think about that in your own time. Lastly we have the element of truth, the formation of a Macarada or truth-telling commission, an agency designed to ensure the truth of Australian history is told including the good, the bad and the ugly and I can assure you this country has its fair share of ugly. Stuff you wouldn't want to believe but it's true. A A Google search for example of Aboriginal massacres will lead you to these truths if you wish to read about some of these things. The Makarata Commission or Truth-Telling Commission would also help to advise on and support the treaty process. While the truth may hurt, denying the truth is often to deny justice. Denying or refusing to acknowledge the injustices done to a person or a group of people is a form of injustice in itself. As Christians, we are compelled to act justly without fear, and with faith that God will be with us. We are compelled to defend the poor, the weak, and the oppressed, just as Jesus did. On this day of mourning, I ask this question. Is listening to a scripture reading sufficient evidence of our faith? Or are we required to live our faith through our actions? I encourage you to learn about the history of this country to take time to build respectful relationships with First Peoples and to support the sovereignty and right to self-determination of Aboriginal peoples. Voice is good. Truth is good. Treaty now. May peace be with you.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of As Luck Would Have It, proudly presented by Leichhardt Uniting Church. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe and feel free to leave a rating or review. And you can also visit our website and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Have a great day.